Coming up on this episode, we are going to give you three ways to enhance your sexual relationship in the bedroom. Stay tuned. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Richard Wagner. He is a psychotherapist, an author, and an activist. Please help me welcome Dr. Wagner to the show. Hi, Dr. Wagner. How are you doing? Hello. Fine. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for joining me at the Love Manual. I appreciate it. Um, I want to get right into these questions because a lot of people want to hear what psychotherapists and sexologists have to say about these questions. So I'm going to just get right into it. What inspired you, first of all, to become a sexologist? Uh, well, my road to sexology was uh, stranger than most people. Um, I was a Catholic priest for 20 years. Um, and early on in uh, my priesthood, I wanted to do an upfront gay ministry. And um, my religious community uh, said that they would support me and encourage me and put me forward, but that I needed to get a degree. Um, and I had just finished my therapy, or excuse me, my theology degree, so they wanted something different. So I found a degree in sexology and uh, spent almost four years um, working on that degree and writing my dissertation, which was the sexu sexual attitudes and behaviors of gay Catholic priests in the active ministry. And um, uh, I finished this in 1981. And um, to the great amazement of my religious community, at least the local one here in the United States, but by the time the word got to Rome, um, they were not happy. Um, because mm. back in 1981, the official position was there was no such thing as gay priests, let alone sexually active ones in the active ministry. So that kind of cut my um, priestly ministry down. Wow. So you being a priest and then wanting to go into sexology, I know that that was probably a big shocker to most. How, how did you handle that? Well, uh, as it turns out, I'm the only Catholic priest in the world that has a doctorate in clinical sexology. And um, that pretty much says it all. If the church was really interested in, you know, a sex positive message, um, other clergy people would be um, involved in sexology, but they're not. And uh, it took me some while to figure that out, and um, it saddens me so because it was a big portion of my life, And uh, but now that is over. Right. Wow. Well, this is a nice field to be in because a lot of people want to know all of the questions that I'm going to ask. And one of them is, do you, do you think that masturbation is healthy for women, let alone men? Absolutely. It's healthy for everyone. Um, masturbation is the most basic building block of human sexuality. And um, the 40 years that I've spent in, in private practice has told me that uh, most problems that people have um, with their sexuality, particularly in partnered sex, has to do with the fact that they are uninformed uh, about their own sexual preferences and um, 
interests and eroticism and and their own body. And so the best way to figure that out is through masturbation. So I, I'm a big proponent of that. Yes, I agree as well. You know, if you don't know your body, how can you tell anybody else what you like and what you don't like, right? So how do you, do you think that if you're not sexually attracted to your partner, can you get there? Do you think that you can? Oh, I suppose anything is possible. Um, mm. It's um, it's a difficult thing. Um, um, most people generally give up and say, well, you know, this uh, we're incompatible and um, for one reason or another, and the, um, the relationship ends, or at least the sexual um, part of the relationship ends. And, um, but I, I suppose there's ways of um, becoming attractive, learning new things about a partner might be a way of doing that. Um, um, there's yeah. opportunities for you know people to focus on uh, other things than just physical attributes, um, which generally is what we talk about when we say that somebody's um, a, I'm attracted to somebody. Um, yeah. So there's possibility, but it's hard work. Yeah, absolutely. So what if you're not a sexual being at all? I know that there's a name for it, but how do you feel about that? Like not being sexually attracted to anyone at all? Um, well, there's lots and lots of um, new types of sexuality. Um, asexuality is uh, one thing where people who identify as such are not uh, physically sexually attracted to anyone. And you know, they're... Um, sexual response, if any, um, does not include uh, a partner. They might be sexually active with themselves, but um, that's about it. I think it's a legitimate uh, a way of expressing oneself uh, or not expressing oneself. So um, mm -hmm. I, all, all the best to them. Right. Wow. So how do you tell your partner or your mate that they're not satisfying you in the bedroom and without hurting their feelings. How do you say that? Well, that, that's, that's also difficult, but important. And um, because w without speaking up, it seems to me you're just perpetuating the status quo and nobody's going to be happy. Um, I counsel my clients um, to create what I um, call um a compliment sandwich. So mm -hmm. you compliment somebody for one thing that mm -hmm. um, you really like about them. And then you put the more difficult message about whatever it is, about not being sexually satisfied in this instance, in the middle, and then you compliment them again. Right. So <laughs> um, it, it, it kind of creates a bumper um, against the more difficult message. But I mean, you don't have to, you, you can be very upfront about um, what it is that you need to say to your partner without, with regard to sexual satis satisfaction um, without devastating your partner. You can tell them wonderful things. You're, you're, you're a great man, you're a great woman, you're, you're, um, you're my favorite person. I'm not being sexually, um, um, yeah, satisfied, right? 
you're satisfied. And then, yeah. um, but we can work on this because you're an open and wonderful person. Now that that's a sandwich. Um, yeah. And um, that makes good sense to me. Well, I like that. And speaking of sandwiches, how do you incorporate sex toys in the bedroom? If say like if a woman is uncomfortable with these things because she's never explored this option, how can a man introduce this into the bedroom and make a woman feel comfortable with it? Well, uh, one of the things that I always encourage men not to do is to go out and buy a sex toy themselves for their female partner. That's smart. That's not that's not going to work <laughs> out so pretty good. Generally, and it's funny because um, you know uh, men mean well. God bless them. Right. Um, and uh, generally, they would they would go to a store, uh, uh -huh. a, a sex toy store, and buy something that is penis shaped because. <laughs> Because that's they think that's what we this want, is our, right? This is our magic <laughs> wand. And uh, so we're going to get a toy that looks like my magic wand. That's mm -hmm. a mistake. That's a mistake. <laughs> um, I, I think the best way to introduce sex toys, uh, particularly if the female partner is not um, excited about the idea, is go online and start looking at things. Um, mm -hmm. There's tons and tons of... Um, uh, sex stores online, and uh -huh. they're wonderful. And a lot of the um, the um, female-oriented uh, sex toys are mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant these days. They're you know they're not penis-shaped, so right? That's one happy thing. Yes, and, um, and they're vibrators, and they're delicious, and they're wonderful, and they're easy mm -hmm. to clean, and they're rechargeable. And there's silicon, and it's yes. just absolutely wonderful, wonderful stuff out there. It's true. I agree. <laughs> Love that online idea about um, you and your mate doing it together and not that's just right. you. Yeah, that's very interesting because right. a lot of men will go out there and purchase a penis shaped toy and think that that's what we want, but it's really not. <laughs> so, can you give me? at least three ways to enhance your sexual relationship in the bedroom? I certainly can. The first one is communicate. We've been talking about that since we started this uh, podcast. Um, mm -hmm. Communication is absolutely essential. Uh, communicate all the time while you're in the bedroom. It can be dirty talk. It can be fun. It can be, um, you know, oh, try this. Or could you move over here? Or could you, um, this is important. Communication is important. The second of all is um, is to play. Right. Um, most of the people that I see in my uh, private practice um, are working at sex. They're struggling oh. at it and they're, oh, got to get yeah. this right. And there's no yeah. play attitude to it at all. And it, um, you can't have really good sex without play, it seems to me. Right. And finally, um, um, be inventive. I mean, the biggest sex organ mm. in our body is right here between our ears. And yes. that's where it all happens. Uh, talk about your fantasies. Talk about, you know, your likes and dislikes. Uh, talk about imagining. Talk about role play. Talk about all kinds of things that could spice up your mm -hmm. sex life. I like that you said that because that was a thought of mine as well. What do you think about role play? Do you think it's healthy and will it really spice it up in a bedroom? 
It certainly can. Um, again, everybody has uh, both partners or as many partners as you have. Um, they all have to be on the same page with regarding to that. You know, you can't launch into something and say, you know, this is something that I want to do without checking on your part, checking with your partner first. Right. But yeah, role play is wonderful and it's creative and it 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 gets people away from you know the old in and out kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, again, if it's playful, like role play, um, yes. then it, it's liberating and it's life affirming and it's uplifting and it's joyful. It really is. I agree with that. <laughs> so um, what do you think about public displays of affection? And I know it's not for everyone and it may be a turn off, you know, to someone in the relationship. But what do you think about that? Um, again, you know, uh, being conscious of the needs and sentiments of um, both partners um, and being careful not to overstep that. But if people are comfortable with it, it's fine and dandy. One yeah. thing that I would encourage is if you are um, a heterosexual couple and mm -hmm. you enjoy public displays of affection, you can hardly um, um, criticize somebody who is not heterosexual and also doing the same thing. So right. what is go good for the goose is also good for the gander. So mm -hmm. um, be cautious about that and be willing to um, be open to the fact that other people would want to express themselves as well. Absolutely. I agree with that. Do you, how do you feel about porn? Do you think that watching porn in the bedroom with your mate is healthy or do you think that that's like a relationship curse? I think it's um, for, for a number of people, particularly men, uh -huh. um, they need some initial stimulation. Older men, for example, uh, who need a, a bunch of uh, stimulation before a sexual encounter with their immediate partner or their intimate partner. Um, and porn often does that. Um, there is wonderful, wonderful ethical porn out there nowadays that mm -hmm. didn't used to be there. And right. I encourage couples to watch together. Um, it's also a wonderful way of introducing different kinds of sexual behaviors um, and uh, um, uh, like, oh, I'd like to try that. Oh, oh look mm -hmm. at that. And oh, that's interesting. And again, uh, being able to um, discuss it as you're watching it uh, is, um, is, a, is a wonderful sort of a liberating experience. So porn can be. Yes. can also be, it can be a ruination of a relationship too, if it's yes. not done well. Right. Like if it's done too much and a man or, or woman is just in the room constantly watching porn and That's not right. paying attention to the mate, you know, it does become a little troubling. But if you're willing to do it together, I think that that's a good idea as well. You know, it's not easy <laughs> watching. Well, let me not say it's not easy watching porn alone. It's not really not fun. <laughs> well, it can be if, if you know, uh, there's a lot of people, and particularly in the, uh, the state that we're in currently with COVID-19, uh, uh, for, for many people, um, their only sexual outlet is oh. sexually explicit material, either um, uh, pornography, uh, video pornography, or um, erotica. So, you know, um, at least we have that. 
that's help us through this difficult time. That is really true. That is true. And me, I definitely prefer the DVD over the uh, magazine any day, but that's just me. Right. So right, 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 right. I know <laughs> back in the day, I know that that was how I guess men and women stimulated themselves just by looking at, I guess, you know, the magazines that was offered at that time. So right, right. when well, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's beautiful literary erotica that is just very, very stimulating for a lot of people, women in particular, who are not um, as visually oriented or they find that the visuals are not as uh, life-affirming, they find that erotica, a literary erotica, is is the ticket. Um, And uh, again, I encourage everyone in our audience who is consuming pornography of one sort or another to make sure that it's ethical pornography, make sure that it's not ripping people off, um, either the performers or the people who are writing the stuff, you know, um, have a conscious about that consciousness about that and help. um, The more that we watch um, ethical pornography, the more ethical pornography will be produced. Wow, that was well said, and it's true. And I um, really, really want to thank you for answering all of these questions that I know the viewers and listeners want to have the answers to. If people are looking to find you, where can they locate you? Well, I have um, a couple of uh, websites that I would turn folks on. My main website is drdicksexadvice.com. That's D R D I C K. S-E-X-A-D-V-I-C-E dot com. I'm sure you'll have a, um, a link to that uh, with the podcast. Um, yes. And uh, I also have a website where we review sex toys, and that's drdicksextoyreviews.com. And once you get to Dr. Dick's um, website, uh, you can find all the books that I have um, published, um, links to all kinds of websites, uh, important um, and uh, informative websites, and um, my sex review website as well. I have um, uh, about 420 podcasts also on my website for those who are interested in that sort of thing. Well, that is interesting. I appreciate you taking your time out today and giving our listeners and viewers some of the information that was needed, especially, you know, when it's like you said, during this time of COVID, you know, we need something to uplift us. And what's better than talking about sex? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And congratulations to you for making this um, podcast available to folks. This is such an important thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Dr. Wagner. I appreciate you too. And I know that we are definitely going to want to have you on as a guest again. And next time the questions may be a little bit deeper than this. We have to ease (laughs) them into what you know. (laughs) All right. I'll study up. Okay. I appreciate you so much and please enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That was a wonderful. I had the opportunity of speaking with Dr. Wagner today and he you can find him on several platforms, as he mentioned. And, you know, we appreciate you guys listening and subscribing and liking and sharing and 
Thank you so much for joining me at the Love Manual. Until next time, bye-bye.